You know, it was a few years ago, on August of 2018, my wife and I got to check off some amazing goals that we had off of our bucket list. I want to share some of those with you here this morning, some of them in picture form, some of them in verbal form, but we're beginning our new series called Unwrapping Christmas, Unwrapping Christmas or Unwrapped. What's interesting is that when I, my wife and I got a chance to go out to, uh, uh, to Paris and France we got a chance to cut, to check off some things off of our bucket list. Who has a bucket list of things you would like to do before you meet Jesus? Come on, somebody. You're like, I'd like to meet Jesus, but there's a few things I'd like to take care of before that takes place. Raise your hand if that's you. All right. So on this journey, as we were on our way, we got a chance to, to do several things. I want to share with you in picture form some of the things that we got a chance to do. First of all, this was made possible by friends of ours, wonderful, wonderful friends of ours named Ron and Rebecca. These, this couple that you see on the left side of your screen, Ron and Rebecca, I hope they may be even you know, online right now watching us. I don't know, but we miss you. We love you guys. They invited us up. My brother Ron was a, was a chaplain there in Belgium on the, uh, the facility, the NATO base in Belgium. And he said, I want you to come, you and your wife, we want to fly you out to come do evangelistic services at our, at our base, at the NATO base. There's over 100, and I believe he said over 110 countries represented, uh, languages uh, like crazy all over the place on this NATO base. And I said, let me think about it. Yes. Right, So my wife and I got to fly out to Belgium and, and they invited us to speak on this base and I got a chance to do that. And so uh, in that adventure, we got a chance to do a few things. First of all, if you go to Belgium, you got to do what? Belgium chocolate. That's number one. Hello. The waffles. Yes, that's a distant second. But there's a few treats I wanted to show you. Um, if you're at home right now and you, you have a, a you might want to take a screenshot and zoom in on that one. Because there were some wonderful Belgium desserts that I felt like Jesus had put on a plate for us. <laughs> if you think I'm kidding, when I opened the box, they came, they came in boxes. Am I not, I'm not kidding. They came, when you go to these, they're so serious about their treats and their desserts. Like I opened, I had to open up a box to get those treats and there's no treat in here. Darn it. I guess I'm not in Belgium anymore. But we opened up the box and we found, you know, they put, they, they put them. That's how they do it. They're so serious about their, their sweets. And so we got a chance to have some Belgian desserts. Yes, we did have a Belgian waffle sometime later. So then after that, we got a chance and I, and I stopped in to visit uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Darth Vader. And then while we were there, we also got to visit some of the oldest treasured churches. They were, uh, you know, built some of them in the 1500s. And I mean, some of them, many of them are older than America. <laughs> They're like 1500s, 1400s. I mean, talking about 13th century, 14th century churches. And I mean, church after church. And, and then one of the places that we really got a wonderful blessing. At, and it was a very uh, wonderful surprise to us. Uh, we were given the opportunity to go out to actually go out to Paris in France. And so we got a chance to go to the Eiffel Tower. The big one and the one I held in my hand. No, that was the real one. That's just strategic placement. But my wife and I were really excited because while we were there in Eiffel Tower, my, I don't know what it is, but my little girl absolutely adores the Eiffel Tower. She's never been there, never been to Paris, but she loves the Eiffel Tower. So we FaceTimed her when we were in France and uh, right by the tower. And we were like, look where we are. She was like, ah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> but she had a great time seeing us there. And one of the highlights of that time was we hung around long enough and we were, you know, seeing the sights that when it hits a certain time and it gets dark enough, uh, I had a video, but it was it was not uh, uh, cooperating with us this morning. But that is the Eiffel Tower. That's not just lit up. 
the video actually shows it twinkling. It, it would go sideways if we showed it to you, but it was twinkling. And it turn, when it turns on, it twinkles like the whole thing. It is like one giant Christmas ornament, like to the 10th degree. Then what we did, what, what any couple would do, we got on a boat and we rode for a while. And, oh, we were sitting on this boat. This is actual footage of me on the boat. My wife and I just going through Paris. And, and we were just enjoying that trip. Just taking in all the sights, going under these beautiful tunnels and enjoying the trip. And as I uh, held my wife there, we were just taking it all in. It was, it was almost like unreal to me. But as we were taking that trip and all the sights we were seeing, something Something dawned on me. What was crazy was every single time we went to a place, every church we went to specifically, because there's a lot of churches, a lot of you know different places, and every church we went to, while they were their own entity, they started to look very similar. Some were here and some were there, and some of them were bigger and some of them were smaller. But what was interesting was, the more and more we got to see these churches, the more and more one looked like the other, looked like the other, looked like the other. The only thing that defined it was when we got a chance to read what happened in that church. When we got a chance to look at the fine details about that building. If you just walk through the building, it's another church. Hello? You just, wow, that's beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. But it's another church. You go to the next church. Wow, that's nice. Wow, that's old. Wow, that's... They became the same. But the difference was when we started to read the placards, we started to uncover, or in this case, unwrap what really was the details in that specific place. So when we look at this series that we're talking about here in these next several weeks... My prayer is that we would be able to unwrap the blessings that God has for us and not leave them on the table. There are many times that we, if you look at this altar here, there are a lot of wrapped gifts. And I was brought to my attention earlier today that the word unwrapped is playing across a bunch of wrapped boxes. But Believe you me when I tell you there's a reason for that. Because I believe that many times, right at the altar, which is actually in many, in many instances, the altar is a representation of the feet of Jesus. Many times there are wrapped gifts that God has for you that are left there and never opened. So the question is, how many times did you get to God or get to his feet or ask for his presence and he gave you a gift and it remained unwrapped? Just sat there, unwrapped. How many times did God hand something to you and say, you know, I gave my only son for you so I can give you this. And you said, great, thank you so much. That's fantastic. Hey, by the way, I wanted to tell you about it. And there it is, still in its box, still wrapped, never opened. This whole series, I want us to unwrap some things that God has for us. Can we do that? Can we unwrap and start to look at how God would maybe want to give you something? Because we're giving a lot of gifts during the season, right? But how many gifts are you intending to receive from God? Because it can be very easy to toss and turn and move and do all these motions of buying gifts. How many of you still are thinking about the gifts? You, the more I say gifts, the more you're thinking about there's gifts I need to buy right now because I'm way behind. Some of you are like, I haven't even started. Shame on you. No, I'm kidding. No, I've, we've been there, right? We've all been there. Where we're like, oh, I forgot to get that one gift. Or I forgot to get that. Can I tell you something? With all the gifts that God has given me, 
the number one greatest gift that he's ever given me was the chance to know him. The chance to know him. And friends, that doesn't get old. Like the churches that I was that I would see, and oh, that's wow, that's old too, and wow, that's old, and this one's old. And when we walked around, I swear we walked like nine miles. I'm not even kidding you. Like we walked around Paris. The car and the craziness that was there. We were walking and walking, seeing every monument. We walked right across where the Mona Lisa was. We didn't go in because the, cro- the crowds and the number and the lines and all that. We didn't go. And not, on that trip, we've seen so many things. But you know what can be really easily um, missed is when you see something over and over again and you forget how special it is. How many times did God show himself to you and you've experienced that love from God but because God has loved you for so long it's become commonplace and it's no longer a thrill for you. I pray that this morning God will shake you and teach you and show you that there's a gift he has for you if you would just be willing to open and unwrap that gift this morning. So let's talk about that. I want to talk to you this morning about the greatest adventure. And now the greatest adventure um, kind of stirs me to kind of bring us to where we're going to talk about here this morning. And I pray that, that, the, that the love of God will never lose its appeal. I pray that the, the stories we read in this word will never lose its appeal for you. Because many of the stories we read every Christmas, yes? We read the same stories and we go, oh, uh, tending over their flocks by night. Some of you are like tending over their socks at night. Like, why do we tend over socks at night? That doesn't make any sense. But you've heard it over and over again and everything just... I don't want to try to make something that is not. I want to tell you about the greatest journey that I see in the beginning of this series. And one of the greatest journeys I saw was the unwrapping of when the wise men came to see Jesus. And and so what we're looking at here is this month as we unwrap Christmas and all the blessings that we could find in it, I want to dig into some truth this morning. So I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Can we do that together? I'm going to ask you to grab your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, um, you know, and you need a Bible, please see us after service. Our ushers will get one to you. If you need one now, raise your hand. Our ushers can get one to you. But Matthew chapter 2, as we talk about unwrapping Christmas, the greatest journey Because faith is an adventure, isn't it? How many of you think faith is boring? If faith is boring, you're not doing it right. There's a possibility that some time ago you veered off the track and sometime, sometime something got hung up somewhere And the stories don't matter to you anymore. I pray that's not the case. But Matthew chapter 2, something happened in this story. One of the great journeys of scripture. Watch this. Matthew chapter 2, and I'm only going to read three verses for the first part here. Is that all right? Can Can we read together three verses? Because... I don't want your faith to stall. I want you to see the story for what it is. And let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 2, unwrapping Christmas. Here we go. After Jesus... What? Oh, you're reading it with me. Read it with me. Together, I say... There's a lot of ways you can read with me that you want to turn along. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ready? After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, He was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. There's a couple thoughts I want to kind of bring to this because when we look at this, we have to understand that faith is a couple of things. This faith that we walk in, this faith that we 
embrace, this faith that we read, this faith that we sing, this faith that we live, this faith that we gather. All of this is, number one, a journey. Faith is a journey. It's a journey. If you think it's a moment, that's where you missed it. Some people think that faith is a prayer. Like I prayed the sinner's prayer. Now I am no longer going to hell. So I got fire insurance. Right? I no longer, hello? Right? I got it all figured out now. I prayed the prayer. Everything's good now. Everything's fine. But faith is not quite that simple. While I believe God can and will and has saved people right then when we confess him as Savior and Lord, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him, you will be saved. You read it too? That's the promise of scripture, right? That if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But faith is more than that moment. But we try to make it just a moment because that's the easy route. Because we're, we're taught to believe that somehow our works save us. So if I can just do something to get God's attention, oh, that person needs help, Jesus, look, look, look. This is from the Lord. Like, we pause, forgot to get God's attention, right? And we're like, here, friend. Are you seeing this? Are you watching? We're used to thinking that our faith is that way because works is that way. You can give it, check it off. You ever went to the supermarket with a list? Anybody went to the supermarket with a list? Even if I know exactly what I got to get, I tell my wife, text me. Text me exactly. Use pictures. She's got with it now. She's like, get the specific corn. And she'll text a picture of it. I want these, this type of lettuce. Romaine lettuce. Or this lettuce. Here's the lettuce I need. And I tell her, tell me exactly what you want. Why? Because I want to check it off because every man has a mission. Yes? We have a mission. All men say? You come along. It's okay. I got one guy who's like, yeah. He had too much coffee. That's okay. I like it. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for. <laughs> but it's... <laughs> That I didn't expect. Um, <laughs> it's okay to laugh at church, guys. Let it out. But in all seriousness, it's a checklist for me. I need to know that I go through that. I don't know. Somehow I still miss one. Why? You don't have to nod your head that fast. Like I got an amen corner. Like, yeah, I missed the cucumbers. I got distracted by the cake section. No. So... Because we're so used to checking off things that we want God to say, I see that. Good job. I see that. Good job. There's things you're not going to get noticed for doing. There's things you're not going to get noticed for being just yet. Because when you are Christ-like in what you do, you're not always going to get recognized. You may get mocked. You may get ridiculed. You may get even persecuted. I believe there's going to be a day that even here in America, that persecution is on its way. So prepare yourself, believers. If you call yourself a believer, prepare yourself. Because it's happening even now. What you believe and what you stand for doesn't matter because it doesn't fall in line with what I believe. And so your truth is relative. My truth is relative. All truth is relative. No, that's not scripture, friend. There is a truth and his name is Jesus. There is a truth, and his name is Jesus, and he is absolute. You with me? So everybody follows something, and so we try to check off this thing off of a list. You with me? So 
In that same way, we want that quick, but faith is a journey. What am I saying? I'm saying to you that you got to give yourself a chance to learn this route of faith. But listen, if you've been in the Lord for 10 years, it's about time you get moving. Hello? If you've been a believer for years, stop drinking milk and get in it. You need meat in your life. You need to dive in and do something for Jesus. Because the milk is way past now. Come on, if you're 10, 12, 15 years old, no one's giving you a bottle anymore. That was when you were a child. Now you need to eat milk, eat uh, meat. And you cannot eat milk, don't do that. You drank your milk, now you need to eat the meat so you can be exactly what God has called you to be. Faith is a journey. Faith is a journey. God wrapped the greatest need. And we look at the this, this scriptures we just read. When God gave us his son, it's very clear that when they saw the star, they followed the star to worship whom? Jesus, right? This baby. And when King Herod heard of this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. I think there's a need for us to believe in something bigger. And that's how come they followed that star. They followed that star. And just like that, we too have a a, a place to go in our journey of faith. And we have to follow the leading. Uh, For us, it's not necessarily a star. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the call of God. Does that make sense? Allowing the Holy Spirit to show us and teach us. Wise men journeyed to find answers to life's questions. They waited and they waited. Rest assured this, they had known that this was going to happen at some point. And all of a sudden they looked up and there was the star they were praying for. There's the star they were looking for. And there it is. The journey had begun. And they started their way to meet Jesus. Faith is that personal journey that each of us must take to find God, to find purpose, to find meaning. This morning, the question is who or what are you following? What's taking you on your journey? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been lost? Have you ever been lost? Yes? What's the first thing if you call someone and you're lost? You don't know where you're, where you are. You call someone. Usually the first thing they ask you is, where are you? And you go, well, I don't know if I knew that. So then what would they say? What's the follow-up to that? What do you see around you? So the question is, if you walked in here lost, if you're watching online, if you're listening to me right now, my question is, are you lost in life? Have you lost your purpose? Have you lost meaning? So then I follow up that thought with this. What do you see around you? What's in your life that may be causing you to feel the way you're feeling? I've been there, and it's a scary feeling of not knowing exactly where you are. Maybe some of you are today, you lost your way with God, and maybe it's crossed your mind that you've gone the wrong direction. I want to tell you right now, I'm here to unwrap some hope for you. Because when those, uh, when those men who came, specifically when it talked about in Matthew 2, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, they came on a mission. They came directed. They came led. And I want to lead you to Jesus. I want to lead you to that place that you will find hope. And so here's where we begin when we unwrap hope. It's difficult to admit that we're lost. Is that right, men? It's happening sometimes, right? I'm not lost. Just got turned around. What happens is we start to depend on our own ability only 
instead of some of the resources around us. Do you think that any time the wise men on their journey said, I hope we're going the right way? Would you, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the wise men as they were heading their way? Magi from the east heading their way? That they, at some point they stopped because this wasn't like a one hour walk. Right? This was a journey, right? And so they went on this journey. Some scholars say months of travel. They went. Do you think that in those months of journey that somehow they sat down at some point and said, man, I really hope I'm not wrong on this one. You ever thought about that? Because there's some of us in the shooting that have felt that way too. But faith is a journey. Faith requires us to go the distance. The wise men had that desire, I'm sure, at times to question, man, I hope I'm going the right way. And it's okay to question if you're going the right way. But stay on that course, amen? Stay on that journey. So here's my second thought. Before I go into my full second thought, my last question is how far are you willing to travel to change your life so that you can go the right way? Faith can produce conflict. So when they went on this journey, it wasn't without some conflict, right? They went on this journey and all of a sudden King Herod found out that there was another king born. And so I got to wipe out anything that tries to take my place. So there was going to be some conflict. Jerusalem was, was the seat of the spiritual life of the Jews. In fact, they have been waiting for centuries for the Messiah. Centuries. No, not weeks. No, not a few years. Centuries. I mean, from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew, it's 400 years alone. That's a long time to not hear from heaven. So here we are, it's got really quiet. Heaven's gotten really quiet. Did you ever feel like heaven's gotten quiet? I'm here to tell you, faith is a journey. It's going to seem quiet sometimes, but then something was spoken that night when the Messiah was born. Hope was incarnated. Hope was given. And I'm here to tell you, hope is alive and well today. Somebody say amen. amen. Hope is alive today. So the real faith can sometimes bring real problems. Is that right? Is that accurate? Real faith can bring real problems. And because real faith will not allow us to play church. You got a child's game mentality. But we got re very real swords. Very real shields. And very real fiery darts. This faith thing is not for the weary. Not for the faint at heart. Now hear me. God wants us to grow up and stop playing these games. That somehow this journey of faith. Is just like. Right. I have a daughter. And a high skill set. So when we look at these playing games and the church thing, God is saying this journey that I want to take you on is no game. I want to change the world through you. And it's going to bring conflict. Some of you, the moment you came to Christ, there was conflict. Everything was smooth until you accepted Jesus. At least for the most part. Anybody ever experienced that? Like you got, maybe you walked away from the church for a while or walked away from Christ for a while. And then you said, I need to get back to my faith. And then you come back to Christ and things just break loose in your life. Like all hell breaks loose, like unleash the crackling. And all of a sudden you got stuff going on in your life that never, you never imagined. Right? You're like, what just happened? I said yes to Jesus. I didn't say yes to all of this. Why? 
Because when you follow Christ, it produces conflict. Faith produces conflict. Don't be surprised by that. Don't be surprised by that. So what I'm trying to, I'm trying to lay out to you is simply this. That it is not unusual for those who have a relationship with God for things to get in your path. A real faith, now listen, this is a quote that I need you to hear me. Hear me with this quote. A real faith can make a phony faith or shallow faith very uncomfortable. Come on, some of you need to write that down. Some of you need to just take a moment and read that six times over. Because real faith challenges you. Real faith moves you. Real faith will make shallow faith uncomfortable. You ever been around someone that really seeks God and you're like, wow, I never quite sought God like that. And you almost feel intimidated. You ever felt that way? Okay, so case in point, have you ever, have you ever been around someone who seriously prays and they use maybe some big words when they pray? I remember when I first came to Christ, I was like, <laughs> I was 15 years old and I came to Christ. And, and I went to this church and they were highly Pentecostal. Hello? They were highly Pentecostal. Bodies falling, people getting draped over. And I'm 12 years old, like. Hello? What happened? That person just fell over and they put a sheet on her. What is happening right now? What is going on? And I was settled with some things happened. And then she got up. And she fanned herself, folded the sheet, and sat down like nothing happened. Why? Because I grew up Catholic. <laughs> Little holy water. Altar. Communion. Real simple. People falling now. Drapes. I said, what is going on? Because I had a shallow faith. I just had the surface faith, like love God and that's everything will be fine after that. I didn't get to the love people part. I just got the love God part down. Love God part, that's all. But then all of a sudden people started praying, lifting up their hands, calling out to God. I said, I'd never seen that before. Faith had become a journey that I had never experienced before. And they started saying words like magnify, glorify, lift up your name. And I'm like, magnetism, what? What are you saying? <laughs> that, Lord, you know, I don't know what they were saying, but I wanted, I was intimidated. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of where I'm going with this. I felt intimidated because people were using these big words. And all I realized that all I had to do is open my mouth and say yes to God and talk to him like my best friend albeit Lord of the universe, but best friend, Lord, I need your help in this. See, they were using these big words because they had been in the faith a long time. They wanted the journey for a long time. But if you're here in this room and you're like, I can't pray like those other people, therefore I won't pray. That's exactly what the enemy will want you to believe. This is a journey. And if you don't allow God to help you unwrap some of these things in your life, that, that shallow faith will stay there a long time. And if you feel uncomfortable around someone that's spiritual or more spiritual in your eyes, that's okay. That's just God breaking through some of that. Hello? Breaking through some of that shallowness. But if you run the other direction, you just played into the devil's hands. You just played into the devil's hands. Don't let it, don't let it simmer. Don't let it sit. Understand that God wants to grow you. A real faith journey 
causes you to be uncomfortable sometimes. And that is what allows you to grow. Somebody say amen. You hearing me? This is real talk. I'm telling you that there are gifts that God wants to give you, but there's times that we just don't open it because we're scared it might rustle or ruffle some feathers. It might wrestle with my, my, the, my current form of theology. It might stir me a little bit in a way that I might not understand. Listen, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. Right? People like, if I don't understand it, that's it. I'm not going to go to that church. I don't understand what's going on. As if somehow you have to understand everything that happens. If you understand everything God is doing, your God is too small. Can I challenge you with that? If you understand everything that God is doing and everything that God is up to, then your God is too small. So there's a desire about being in control that has to be submitted to him, right? I don't have to be in control of everything. Look at me, everyone, look at me. I don't have to be in control of everything to surrender my life to the one who is in control. So watch this. Faith produces conflict, and that doesn't always make sense. That's okay. Faith faith asks us to go blindly sometimes and trust God. There's a big, bright star in the sky. Follow it to the Messiah. I got to think for a few moments that there may sometimes some of them are like, did we follow the right star? Is this the right time? Why us? Right? Why us? You think about it. It wasn't just the wise men and the magi. They were also shepherds. Hello? You couldn't find a more contrasting element there. Rich men, wise men, magi, and shepherds. God is trying to teach us something. He's no respecter of persons. It's whoever's looking for him. It's about being at the right place at the right time. You lost what's around you. Let me help you. What's around you? What are you surrounding yourself with? Are you downloading podcasts that will grow your faith through the week? Or are you just waiting for Sunday to happen? And if so, are you waiting for Sunday to happen to you? Right? Here I am, Lord. Hit me with your Holy Ghost A-bomb. <laughs> Nothing? That's what I figured. But how much are you expecting God to do in your life today? This journey, this greatest journey that we all are, are talking about walking in has to do and has to lead to Jesus. If the journey we're on doesn't lead to Jesus, where are you going? It has to be. It has to lead. And the third thought is simply this. Faith expects a change. When faith enters your life, it doesn't expect you to stay the same. It doesn't invade your life so you can be the same person you were when you walked in here. Look at me. Everyone look at me for a moment. Right here. You ready? The way you walked in is not the way you're supposed to walk out this morning. Newsflash. Just want to tell you straight up. The way you walked in this morning is not the way God wants you to walk out. He wants you to walk out different. And to act differently. To love beyond yourself. To live beyond yourself. To lay your life down beyond yourself. And that, my friends, is the greatest journey. The greatest journey always is centered around Jesus. Jesus is the center. And that center always brings change. Everybody say change. Some of you are like, I know exactly what change is. It's what I, uh, what I have left in my pocket after the Christmas shopping is done. I know change, Pastor Tony. 
Well, Matthew 2.12, let's look at that for a moment. After the wise men had seen Jesus, we discover that they departed their country. Watch this. They departed for their country another way. Did you get that? They didn't just come see Jesus, but after meeting Jesus, they didn't go back the way they came. Did you catch that? Come on, is this making sense? I, I'm just waiting to get in. When you hear it, when you get it, say amen. amen. They, didn't, they didn't go out the way they came in. Because there was a threat there. The way they were walking and the way they came in, they went back home another way. In the same way, I believe with all my heart that God wants you to get to where he wants to get you. But when you leave here, you got to leave different. When you leave his presence in your own home, when you're taking some time out with Jesus, you have to leave differently. Why? Because faith expects a change. If you got to say amen. You hear me? Faith expects you to change. So when they, so watch this. The wise men had seen and understood that there was a threat on them. So after meeting Jesus, they realized we have something that somebody else wants. And that that person is a threat. And they decided that we need to go a different way. Some of you need to decide right now, today. There's certain things you will not go back to ever again. You have to decide that this journey of following Jesus is a whole lot more than religious checklist. That causes me to say, went to church, good. Now the rest of the week I can do what I need to do until next Sunday. This journey is a whole lot more than that. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route, the Bible says. And the old way was still available to them. Hello? The old way will still be available to you. You have a chance to leave here exactly how you came. You can walk out these doors just the way you came. That's available to you. But if you encountered the Messiah, you know there's a threat out there. You will go a different way. Faith expects a change. And any one of us here this morning need to understand that change is in your future. When you walk the great journey of faith, change is in your future. In fact, if some of us don't change directions, we're going to fall prey to the traps that are awaiting us if we go back to the way we were. So let me ask you this question here on this beautiful Sunday morning. What if, what if we prayed a different prayer today, next week, this month, and God answered it and changed our world. How would you pray? Would you pray like, I hope this is the right way. What if, what if God said to you, pray right now, whatever you pray will come to you. What if I was to tell you, not that God is a genie in a bottle, but if you pray to prayer right now, any prayer, and it could come to pass almost instantly. How would you pray? Would you pray with confidence? You would just be like, I know what I want. Let me pray it, right? Some of you are like, I have a lot. How many of you know exactly what you would pray? If, you said, if God said, I, want, I will grant you one prayer wish right now, just something that's on your heart. That you want, pray to me and I'll give it to you. How many know exactly what that would be right now? Right now. Come on, hold it high. Don't get me halfway. Right? That's a lot of hands. Some of you are like, Pastor Tony, I have to think about it. 
I put that in my prayer queue. But isn't that exactly what God said already through Jesus? That if you pray in my name, I will grant you the desires of your heart. But your heart has to be connected to his. Oftentimes we pray a prayer that's connected to our own fleshly heart, right? Because it makes us feel good. But if our heart is connected to his, something happens in the heavens. So here's what I want to say. Media team, you can help me out a little bit here. Because trusting in him causes us to come to a place where it stretches us. How many of you realize that in your life, there's a constant stretching of your faith? Yeah? No? Four of you. Five, six, twelve. Okay. Stretching us, that's all normal. Why? Because God never changed, God never ex- God never exposed his presence to you so you can stay the same. Never. So God's exposure of himself to you is merely the opportunity needed. Right? To experience the fullness of God. Friend, can I tell you right now, the greatest journey we could ever walk is one of hope, promise, and complete joy. But it doesn't happen if we walk out the same way we came in. When you've experienced God, there has to be change. If you love God this morning, my prayer is that you would say, God, I love you. Help me now to show that love. Because you're the greatest journey. How many would would agree that following Jesus is the greatest privilege of our life? Yes? Following Jesus, greatest privilege of my life. Being the husband to my wife. Being the father to my children. Greatest joys of my life. How differently would you pray? I'm asking you to unwrap hope today. If God is offering you an opportunity to walk this journey, don't you think he's going to supply everything along the way? Isn't he? That's the God we serve. He's going to provide the way. And no, we won't understand everything. So I don't want to misconstrue what I'm saying to you. I want us to be very clear. As the wise men headed home, they went back to their friends and their family, but not the same way. They took a different route. They had come so far to see the king. When they saw him, they were never the same again. Faith is an adventure of hope. And today, many Many spend thousands and thousands of dollars on that special trip. Like a trip I talked about earlier. Right? They spend thousands of dollars on trips like that. But they have trouble spending one morning with Jesus. One morning. They have trouble because it disrupts their life. Can I tell you something? He hung on a cross for six hours on a Friday. He's worthy of more. What we think we're giving him. How many agree with that? Yeah? So I want to unwrap hope for you today. If you walked in today, I believe that there's something that God wants to give you. And my prayers, you'd open that up. Don't leave it at the altar. Don't leave it wrapped. Like, I'll get to it when I get to it, right? I talked to people that had left left the faith. Friends that I, you know, either grew up around or went to Bible college. And you know what they said? Look at me for a moment, because I'm going to close in a moment. 
in this, I'm going to try to put this in a capsule for you to hear it. I talked to them and I said, what's going on, man? What made you lose your faith? Nah, I just need to find myself. Well, therein lies the problem. You want to find this. You already found. Jesus found you. What you're saying really is, I want to experience what I want to experience and I don't want nobody to tell me any different. That's what they really mean. So be very careful about finding yourself. You're already found. You were lost, but now you're found. But you're not found by man or the world system. You're found by the King of Kings and he says, walk this journey with me and I will unwrap the greatest gift you've ever imagined. Amen. All across this room and all of you online, would you bow your head to me for a moment as we pray? And I want to pray a prayer because I invite you this morning. To be willing to give your life to Christ. Because that is the adventure of a lifetime. Maybe you've already accepted Christ. You're saying, Pastor Tony, that's not me. I'm, you know, I'm good. But maybe you need to recommit yourself. Or maybe you've never accepted Christ. I tell you what right now. There are things in my life that I regret. This one is not one of them. Giving my life to Jesus was the single greatest decision I ever made in my life. And if you meet someone and think they, may, they might be the one to marry and they have something better, that was the greatest experience of their life, don't even think about marrying that person. There's something bigger than Jesus and that's an idol. That's not the person you want to walk with. Jesus was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It's the single greatest thing that's happened to my wife, the single greatest thing that happened to me. And it's the one thing we had in common. Today, decide to walk this journey and walk it with intentionality. Father, we give ourselves to you wholly and completely because you are the one that is unwrapped or at least given us the gift to unwrap the greatest gift mankind has ever seen. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for life. And most of all, thank you for hope when everything seemed hopeless. In Jesus' name.